episode 223 above ground podcast healing conversations with dan egan and missy stolfi disclaimer the hosts of this podcast timothy patrick and will foley are by no means medical professionals however having lived experience with mental illness themselves they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis by sharing their stories they hope to create connection by creating connection they hope to help you find your purpose and through purpose we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Coming at you live with real conversations about mental health from the peer perspective. it's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now your hosts, TPP and Will Foley. Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to Above Ground Podcast. Above Ground Podcast because you can't serve below tonight is a weird night uh timmy tpp is not with us on this episode uh tpp had some stuff going on and we had already had this booked because this is really all about this weekend uh sunday september 24th 2023 is the out of the darkness walk for rita in saratoga new york at the saratoga Spa State Park, uh, back at the Arenda Pavilion, right behind SPAC. And tonight we are joined by two very special guests. One repeat guest who is a very good friend of mine who happens to be the board chair and volunteer extraordinaire and friend Dan Egan, which I'm very happy to have you, sir, with us again. Happy to be here. It's always a pleasure. And we are also joined by, I got to say, like our New York State, pretty much, right? Chapter. I don't know. Because you, want... you have multiple chapters, don't you now? Not not anymore. Sometimes oh. it feels like it. We have, okay. um, but yeah, area director for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, specifically our Capital Region New York chapter, which bit of a misnomer. We cover such a broad territory um, in our chapter, 15 counties in northeastern new york pretty big territory there right that's why uh i'm fortunate enough to have been in the presence of both of these people multiple times and they are incredible people so we're going to get right into this because this is literally a few days away and this is my i believe fifth rita if i'm not mistaken out of the darkness walk for rita uh, rita actually stands for something and is actually a person and there's a person attached to this walk and what makes the saratoga walk unique is is rita yeah it was started for you know and it's named in memory of dr rita layton she died by suicide back in 2004 the walk was started by her former partner and a group of friends who we now affectionately know as the ritas you know because they've kept this running one of the longest running suicide prevention walks in the nation it started in 2005 I feel like I came into it around 2008 being involved. So I think this is my 15th or 16th, 19th year of the walk. You know, funniest story about the acronym that they made for Rita. First time I ever did an interview for anything for AFSP. That was the, I was ready, had like notes, stats, figures, ready to go. First thing the person asked me was, what does Rita stand for? And I was like, what now? <laughs> Why is that got to be the first thing we're talking about? But it's... <laughs> remembrance intervention together we can raise and then the a is awareness so you know a little bit of uh they made it work 
to make it an acronym, you know, been going strong. I think the first year the money from the walk went to the Samaritans and then it, you know, donated to AFSP and then eventually rolled into an AFSP walk. Yeah, 19th year going strong. Definitely going to made it through the pandemic. Average around 2,000 people a year. We'd love to see it grow even bigger. Well, with this conversation, hopefully we get this out to people, especially with the Nipper Town and Gazette connection. Now, hopefully more people check out that. So if they hear in this Sunday, uh, come, please. You do not have to be registered now. You can register at the event, but we would rather have you register ahead of the time. Ahead of time. So if you go to AFSP.org and find the event under the Out of the Darkness walk section in the, in the community section and stuff. Yeah, and it's got a short form, right? It's afsp.org forward slash R-I-T-A. Wow, look at that. I'd and the like forward it. slash for people, if they're, you know, a bit of Luddites like me, is the one that shares a home with the question mark on your keyboard. <laughs> it's also what makes up the rest of this. <laughs> so, Dan, I appreciate that. That was so awesome. And it's so good to have you back again. But tonight we are joined by Missy also. So Missy, Missy just took over as, as in her position. And I am so happy that she has. And we are so glad to have her. And it's so nice to have you here. So welcome. to. Are you here in Albany still? I am. Yeah, okay. I am. I'm in Albany County right now. All right. Did You didn't move here, did you? I didn't, no. So okay. I'm... Working it's remote with a lot screen. of travel. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll say not yet. You know, the lore of the capital region will get her one of these days. It will, because it's in the perfect pocket of everything. <laughs> and we don't get all that crazy snow that Buffalo gets where she currently <laughs> You know, we get a little easier. Not, you know, we get snow, but yeah, definitely a lot. I won't even say a little anymore. It's a lot easier than what Buffalo's been hit with over the past few years. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely. Uh, I first met Missy in 2020 pre-COVID lockdown in Colorado at the at the AFSP. Um, oh, my God. I'm brain farting. Damn. Chapter Leadership Conference. There we go. There I got you, buddy. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that pickup, man. That was a good uh, – that was a yeah. good alley-oop. Right Missy there. will have to get used to us finishing each other's sentences. Yeah. Exactly. Adorable. <laughs> so, Missy – Tell me, tell, not tell me, tell everyone about, about what brought you to AFSP and yeah. why coming to the capital region happened and how it happened and tell us what's going on. Cause a lot of people really are interested. I appreciate that. First of all, thanks again, Will, for having me on tonight. Um, it really is a, really is a treat for me. I have my above ground podcast decal on my water bottle and everything, just like all the cool, <laughs> all the cool young kids do. Um, but yeah, I I originally started with the organization back in 2017. And I'll tell you, I was originally recruited. I was working for another nonprofit. And at first I was a little startled and I was like, all right, I'm curious. Um, mental health is something that has played a big role in my life <clears throat> throughout uh, for myself, uh, for people close to me as well. And at first I was a little concerned. I'm like, am I up for this type of a, a big job and a big mission? Um, but the more I spoke with folks from the organization, I realized, all right, this put itself in my path for a reason. And I took that on. Um, so I originally started with the Western New York chapter. Um, 
And then after a few months, there was an opening with the central New York chapter. And they said, Hey, do you want to do both? And I was like, let's, let's do this. <laughs> why not? At that point right away, I already knew I really was loving the work. It was impacting me personally in a, um, in a really positive way. I was making connections. I felt like I was having an impact. And so I was like, all right, let's try this too. And so, um, so yeah, I was covering at 1.28 counties of upstate New York through that role. Um, I hit a point where I was not taking as good a care of myself as I could have been. Um, and I burned myself out. And so that's what led to my hi hiatus from AFSP. I bounced around a bit the last year or so realizing I really miss this work. I miss the mission. I miss the day in and day out, the connecting with people, programming, you know, talking about, you know, such an important topic, especially because the last couple of years, it just continues to have a really strong impact. Um, and it's just becoming more and more visible, better understood, um, we, but also recognizing we need so much more work to do. I think in particular is the impact in recent years on young adults and the LGBTQ community really kind of drove me to reach out to some of my friends at AFSP and say, hey, is there is there anything kind of open or would you be interested in talking about, you know, maybe if I were to come back in some capacity? I didn't know what that was going to be. And the capital region was open. And uh, so I was asked, like, would you consider that? And I said, yes. And it, you know, some steps between then and now. Um, and I rejoined the organization just this summer. Um, and so there's a lot that I've been able to take and apply, you know, from my previous experience, but so much still to learn and connect with. And so it's been, it's been a real dream. Now, have you been to an Out of the Darkness Walk for Rita? Ever? No, not so for Rita. Is... So it's. So yeah, but I've heard one. the legend of Rita being in the AFSP family for years. Yeah. So unfortunately, though, Missy is one of the ones responsible for at some point in terms of fundraising and attendance. The Buffalo Walk did pass the Capital Region Walk for Rita, and oh, she is one of the folks responsible for that happening. So now hopefully <laughs> we have her on our side, so to speak. We can get back to being at one point, I believe we were the top fundraising walk in the state we're still you know up there uh, i believe last year we were in the top 20 for the country i think it was the 19th highest walk you know and just really understanding that right the cause needs to raise more funds it's desperately underfunded and undervalued in a lot of ways compared to other leading causes of death you know and that's really how we're going to make the difference right is we need to fund research we need to help find ways to entice people to go into the field like you're doing you know and we just need more access and more access means more providers yeah, yeah more and just providers finding ways to make that happen yeah and it means more services also yep absolutely what can people expect? Because this is Missy's first uh, out of the dark. Yeah, we. Yeah, so you know, it's, who are some of the? Who are some of the? Who are some of the tabling offerings and what activities and and what can families and people who have never been to Rita expect? So we've added a bunch of stuff, you know, as it's grown and evolved, and I won't remember all the tabling opportunities off the top of my head, but we will have the therapeutic courses of Saratoga back, so people can see. What an amazing time that is and just how calming such a large, you know, animal can be to be around. We're going to have some Narcan training provided by Saratoga County Mental Health, which is a 
huge thing, right? Like even whether it's an intentional overdose or an accidental overdose, we know that that immediately can save lives. And I just want to quickly, Dan, I don't want to cut you off. I want to give, I want to give a big shout out to Saratoga County mental health. Yeah. Cause they, they do a great job over there. I've been fortunate to be over there a few times and meet some of the people over there, man. There's some really cool people working over there. Yeah. And they're actually going to have multiple, you know, the department of health, department of mental health and healing Springs are all Saratoga County run and all going to have their own tables. Um, one of the other things we're going to have, and I forget the folks are doing it are having a second table with some wooden butterflies that people can color in or write the names of their loved one on, you know, for a remembrance activity. We're going to have an art activity, probably doing some uh, rocks, you know, some kindness rocks, and then possibly starting a kindness rock garden. You know, we'll have some of our usual stuff up there. We'll have our boards of memory and hope. We'll have our team photos through on-site photography. Uh, Johnny Miller runs it, you know, and everybody will be able to get a free team photo printed. We'll have some dignitaries giving some speeches, you know, and then we'll have just a amazing togetherness walk and share some love and, you know, do some healing. We'll have all our memory quilts up as well and always looking for folks to add to the Lifekeeper memory quilts. Yes, uh, we have a display at the hospital where I work of several quilts, and we also have a table with lots of information and a team. And if you click my link in this week's episode, you can donate to my team. I have to still put up some donations that I still haven't, I just haven't had a chance to jump on because I still got some stuff in here from the weekend because I was fortunate enough to be at some events. We're all at events all the time. Yeah. And AFSP is, is very big into fundraising and stuff. And we're at a lot of events, but that's not really what this is all about. This is really about getting out and connecting to people. And, and the connection is where we really make change because if you can connect to one person that one person can connect to another person hopefully so let's kind of talk about the connection what is something if so dan and i had talked about this a little bit pre knowing that missy was going to be on but i'm I'm glad that you're both on because now i can have both of your takes on this i really we're really big on tools on above ground podcast so i wanted to see from both of you with your experience with AFSP, someone who is struggling or someone who comes in contact with with who is struggling, what can people do? Like, can you give us some tips and give us some guidance for some people who may not have the experience in this? Sure, I'll go. Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, I think it's one, it's really important for people to remember that we all can play a role in supporting somebody who's having a hard time. And it doesn't mean you need to solve all their problems. Um, You don't need to take on the world on your shoulders. But I think the biggest thing any of us can do is pay attention to each other. Um, And what I mean by that is pay attention to what's going on with the people around us that we see regularly. And when we start to notice some changes in how they typically tend to be, um, you know, we're all different. So it's not as easy as saying like, oh, they've been really quiet lately. Some people are always quiet, right? Um, But we all know 
whether it's a friend, family member, a colleague, a neighbor, someone in your faith community. Um, we know how people tend to be. And it's really important we keep eyes and ears out for when there's some changes, um, things that seem to be getting in the way of their day to day, um, things that seem uncharacteristic and they're persisting, right? It's not just a bad day. We all have a bad day or two where we just feel off. We're not really ourselves. That's part of being human. But when we notice these things are starting to persist and get in the way, right? Um, and it just doesn't feel like them. You just get that feeling like something just seems off. I think by having just that awareness and kind of keeping your senses open is a really big starting point because that gives you an opening to reach out and have a conversation. I think um, all too often we say, ask for help if you need it, which is great. And we should always still consider, you know, we should always push for that, let people know what the resources are. But if you're really having a hard time, you're really struggling, you're exhausted by, you're overwhelmed by it then sometimes maybe the thought of reaching out and explaining that to people just feels almost impossible. And so we all have the ability to be the one to offer that support and that listening ear. So I think that's one thing is just really to encourage everybody. We all have the ability to pay attention to each other. We get caught up in our day-to-day, -day, all this stuff that we have all going on, um, but take a beat, you know, especially if there's someone like, you know what, they used to post all the time on social media and they disappeared. Or we used to text pretty regularly and I haven't heard from them, right? Or I ran into them in the store the other day and they just seemed not themselves. Um, I should follow back up, right? Um, so I think that's really one thing I want to kind of get across. We all have that ability to pay attention to each other. And if we notice something, not be afraid to check in and find a little bit more about what might be going on. Yeah, you know, and I think that's so true and making sure that people know you know, when you as a person are open to it and sharing your own story, it kind of gives people permission. I'm sure, Will, you've learned that from this journey, that as you share your struggles, it lets people know that not only are you a safe person to talk to, you're a person who understands where they can go to get help. You know, and there's so many different ways we encounter people and struggle in AFSB. You know, for me, the biggest part where I think I can provide some help is for folks who are struggling after they lose a loved one. You know, it's such an isolating loss. And for me, it took so long to even be able to get any help or talk to anybody about it. And just knowing that there's ways to reach out, that there are programs like our Healing Conversations program, which is direct peer-to-peer one-on-one support, a one-time visit, but it's really nice to talk to someone who's traveled a similar road. You know, when I first lost my dad to suicide, for those who haven't heard my story before, 33 years ago, I was a freshman in college, it was one of the most isolating times of my life. I just felt like no one would understand. You know, and you flash forward 20 years later when I finally started talking about and doing some fundraising, and it turns out a friend of mine at the time who lived in the same building as me had lost her brother. You know, so clearly there are people out there that understand what you're going through can help. It's confusing emotions. We were at a thing today where I was talking a lot about how, and I did something at the VA recently, you know, we're kind of stigmatized and celebrating the people we lost to suicide, you know, and getting past that and understanding the people they were are still incredible people who deserve to be remembered and celebrated just like any other loved one who dies. You know, they lost the battle. And it's not, it shouldn't be, you know, so viewed so negatively. Like a lot of times, you know, when you start talking about someone, then when you get to the point of, oh, well, how did your dad die and suicide? It's like, oh, well, 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 conversation's over, you know, and that's really not what it's about. It's about, okay, that's how they died. That's not how they lived. You know, so I think there's so much more we could do.
Yeah, thank you for sharing. And Missy, yeah, thank yeah. You for sharing. I we've been fortunate enough to have Dan on the pa- on the podcast in the past, and I welcome you back again, my friend. Um, you are a very cool person who I'm very glad that as much as this is not the best way to make friends all the time, at least this is a bond that we all share now. And connection and talking and being able to have those difficult conversations. I have learned that I'm very good at making people very uncomfortable at times. So I have learned that sometimes one of the best ways to make people really uncomfortable when you notice they're having a hard time and you know they struggle is to ask them if they're thinking of hurting themselves directly. I was wondering if there was any other things that you could add to that. Yeah, I mean, I know that that would add, I mean, that usually opens up a really big, you know, sometimes that might open up a big conversation, but sometimes it might make people shut down and you don't want people to shut down. So what else can we add to that? You know, a lot of times if you ask somebody directly about suicide and they're thinking about it, they're going to tell you, you know, they're really because they're looking for that person to care that ambivalent about it. It's not that they want to die. It's just that they want their pain to stop and they're looking for a way to find that. So the direct questions are great. Letting them know you care, you know, letting them know you're there to listen right? Like really sit down, turn your listening ears on and turn off the distractions. I've been through it with a friend or two in the past who really struggled, you know, and reached out and just making sure we have that time to give them and understand where that space ends, right? You know, I'm not a professional. I'm not a licensed mental health therapist. I can only take the conversation so far and then getting that person to the correct help. You know, no one would call me up and be like, oh, well, you've torn your Achilles and I've torn my Achilles. Can you fix mine? No, it's understanding. Yeah, I can understand the road and I can share the ups and downs and what worked. But ultimately, we've got to get you to the right person to deal with the problem. I would say when it comes to asking directly, it shows a couple things. It shows, first of all, you care. You're noticing, you know, um, that something just seems not quite right or you know it seems like something might you know be really bothering somebody um and I think too it shows that you're not afraid to even if you feel nervous about it and that's okay you're not afraid to ask an important question right um and you're gonna get more information out of somebody if you ask a direct question about any topic than an indirect one right um and to get a feel for all right what is going on um you know because you know, sometimes we might feel like we're overthinking something and we won't really know for sure until we really ask somebody. Um, And so I think whenever we're able to, you know, reach out and connect um, and to do so with courage and with bravery, um, you know, I think that that just shows I'm willing to be there beside you with it. Right. And like Dan said, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to be, you're going to fix everything. It doesn't mean that you're taking on their care, nor should you, right? Um, But you're someone like, you don't have to be scared to be yourself around me, right? And I think that really goes a long way for people. Um, I think a lot of people hold in whatever they're going through because they don't want 
to be judged. They don't want to scare. They don't want to burden or worry people who love them, right? We hear that all too often where I don't want to be a bother to people and probably other people have it worse than me, all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, no, your stuff's real. And because I love you and I care about you, this is important to me too. Um, so I think, you know, it really can send that message. Like, um, you know, I take these things seriously. I'm paying attention to you and what's, you know, something's going on, right? It may not be that they are feeling suicidal. It may not be that they feel, you know, an intense level of desperation, but likely something's up. Something is bothering them or something has shifted or changed significantly in their life. If they start to show, you know, these kind of changes in, in the way they're kind of carrying themselves or, you know, just that energy that you're kind of getting from them. So, I mean, if you're sensing something, you know, it's always best to just get, you know, a clear full answer where you can. And so I just, um, I think that's really important just to encourage folks like, it's okay if you're nervous to ask. It's a big conversation, all right? And again, that's what makes us human. Um, that is okay. Ask it anyway. I really wanted to do this week as a special thing because I never really highlighted Rita over the years that Tim and I have been doing this podcast. And I never thought about it until we had the discussion during some of the meetings and people talking about Rita and not knowing what Rita really was. So I appreciate you both bringing your time, talent, love, and devotion to this cause because this has touched us all and this has brought us all together. And I thank you for that. I appreciate that. My gratitude to both of you. Yeah, I appreciate you so much for, you know, doing this podcast week after week, you know, and doing the grind and being there, fighting the good fight. You know, it's amazing to see. It's both amazing and heartbreaking to me every year to see the walk for Rita grow bigger, you know, because a lot of times that means that another family has suffered a loss or, you know, someone else is struggling. But I also know that there's folks who join us just to support the cause. And seeing that is what's really amazing, you know, and trying to help those families who have been through a loss or someone who's struggling pick up the pieces is what it's all about. You know, one of the things I talked to Missy about when she came on board is, you know, when you start this journey, right, it's about helping one person. And if you help one person, you've made a difference. Uh, and I think you and I both know we've both done that. You know, and it's an amazing feeling. And I told Missy at this point, you know, I'm tired of that. I want to change the world. So that's the goal is to change it, you know, for one or two people at a time, but try to change the way we look at mental health. And maybe we can make that impact and make a difference and finally start to see those numbers drop significantly, you know, and moving into a true state of prevention instead of always being crisis care. So things like this, you know, being able to share our stories is right step one and a huge step. So thank you for having this vehicle for us to do it. And thank you for bringing so many stories to light, Will. Love you, brother. Yeah, I just, I want to echo that. I, every time I'm at a walk, I realize that, and not just at walks, anytime I'm connecting with people about AFSP or about mental health and suicide prevention in general, like the fact Will and I, you know, you and I know each other now is, I don't love why, but I'm grateful for it all the same because, you know, we look at the data, we look at the statistics. And when I see, you know, I'm standing on the stage at a walk or I'm standing in front of, you know, a group doing a program, you know, I know from the data, people are being impacted by loss, by attempts, by struggles. I'd rather us all be together in small, large groups 
than be isolated, right? So the people are out there. We know they're out there. So I'd rather them be together at an event like the Walk for Rita. And um, so that's what I try to remember. And that, you know, we never know what kind of impact we can all have and we have to keep trying. And, um, you know, we didn't get to this point with suicide and rates in our country. It didn't happen overnight. Um, it's going to take that continued work. Um, when we see these big, you know, wins that do happen in the mental health space, that's great. Celebrate for a bit. I think we should honor that. And there's a lot of joy in that. And we have to keep that pressure on. Okay. And that's the case for any major health issue, right? Just because we discovered, hey, colonoscopies help detect colon cancer. It's not that they're like, all right, cool. Now we're going to just stop worrying about it. Like we still got to make sure everyone gets the colonoscopies and that, you know, insurance covers it and that people got rides to, you know, to and from the appointment and they, they know they got to do the prep and all that kind of stuff. Right. And that people are trained to read the results. So it's, they didn't stop, right. Just because a colonoscopy was invented and they kept the pressure up and the PR campaigns and the conversations about, Hey, did you get your butt checked out that are uncomfortable, but necessary and life-changing. Okay. And we got to do the same. Okay. We know that this is the case with so many major health issues, our country faces and our world faces. Mental health is that next great frontier. And we see that progress is being made. We got to keep that, you know, our foot on the gas with that. And so, and Will, you are one of those people who's doing that. And so thank you for this opportunity because you're not just talking about it once in a blue moon. You're not just talking it during September, which is prevention month, right? Year round, you're you're really, you're, you know, raising that flag. And that's what we need is our mental health's with us all the time. And we got to keep talking about it. So thank you. Yes, Timmy and I both say that everyone has mental health, but not mm -hmm. everyone has mental illness. So it's it's one of those things where we got to keep talking about it. And by podcasts like this and organizations like the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, obviously, we are going to keep this going. And I, I really will credit AFSP for spearheading a lot of the stuff in social media and things i think a lot of afsp is filtered into a lot of things that i've seen on on social media which is good to see thank you both very much for being here this evening it's been a pleasure talking to both of you and missy it is so great to 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 have finally like really gotten to like see you and meet you and hang out with you because you were at nipper you were at nipper fest right next to us half the day and it was great and dan was there it was awesome we had a great time and obviously dan you guys are such you're such a good friend of mine i do want to ask this because this came up earlier in the podcast and i think this is a good way to finish up because we talk about self-care all the time i'm curious from the two of you if you could give me one of your what do you do for your personal self-care when you find yourself holding on to some of it? It's not our job to carry someone's burden for them. It's just our job to help them carry it along. How do you help yourself? Yeah, uh, early in my work career, right, that was a big thing for me because that's ultimately what led to me having some issues of my own with anxiety and panic attacks. I worked in a highly stressful industry and took it home too much. So for me, a big thing is trying to leave my work at work, which, you know, sometimes just says easy, does hard, as a former district manager used to say. I've got a lot of animals I spend time with at home. You know, they're always a great de-stressor. Some days if I just, you know, because so much of what I do in my day job has always been about people. So it's just nice sometimes to take time, sit back, read a book for me, just hold a, you know, get a good old fashioned novel and read it 
or go out and spend some time in the hammock in the yard. And, you know, when I'm healthy, exercise is obviously a great stress release, like getting that, you know, getting the endorphins going out. But yeah, sometimes it's just finding that time to relax and give yourself time where you don't have to do anything and no one's expecting you and just block it off. So, you know, maybe go screen free, right? Like turn the phones off and just put them on the charger and put them away for a little while and just have that time where I can be alone and reflect you know, uh, from a speech I reference all the time, that's one of the things Jimmy V and his never give up speech 30 years ago talked about, right? Some things you should do each day, find yourself moved to tears, you know, find the time to laugh and just take that time to really reflect on yourself and where you've been in life and remember the journey and what it was like to get there. You know, and for me, one of the other things I think is big in my own thing is finding a way to make somebody else smile. You know, and if you can do that, just find that time in your day to take away somebody's burden, you know, and lighten the load for them as well. It really helps you. You know, it's really cathartic in a lot of ways. So that's really, you know, my easy, right? It sounds easy, but, you know, sometimes it's hard, right? Life is stressful, but finding those moments where you can just relax and be alone with your thoughts or music or whatever it is that really comforts you is so important. I would say, I would echo so much of that. Um, I think one thing I really try to get across when I talk to groups, um, do presentations and programs is, you know, the importance of self-care and and to encourage people to talk about what they do. I think people look at self-care as so indulgent sometimes because we're such a go, 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 hustle, work hard, achieve, right? Um, and so I think sometimes people look down on it almost or like, oh, I wish I had that time to do that, right? And, and that's such a terrible attitude and it just perpetuates. And it makes people feel guilty to pause. And, you know, for me, I think my self-care can look different ways. Um, sometimes it is that really I need to be quiet. I'm around people so much and I'm listening and taking in so much of their stories and their needs and looking at my inbox and getting calls and texts and all that too. So there's times I just need to be quiet. Um, sometimes taking a nap, reading a book, you know, um, just disconnecting, even getting my nails done is great because I can't look at my phone. <laughs> and so, you know, and I can just chit chat with the nail tech and it seems so silly, but it's true because it's like time that it's like, I'm doing something that makes me happy. And I, I get a little bit of a break and it's not so long. I'm not like, you know, checking out completely. I get a little break. Um, but other times my self-care is, you know, really pushing myself to stay connected even when I want to really cocoon and fall deeper into that cocoon um, and pushing myself to connect with friends, go out for a good meal, um, you know, go to a bookstore and buy another book that I don't need because I already have a stack waiting for me, you know, and all that kind of stuff too is, and, you know, just embrace those little joys. Um, I think we need to embrace that, you know, more for ourselves. Um, I try to do that and not feel guilty about it. And that's, you know, I think something that we tend to be conditioned to not allow ourselves those moments, whether it is sitting in the hammock or whether it is buying ourselves a little treat. If you have the money for it, don't, <laughs> obviously I'm not advocating for, you know, compulsive spending or shopping. And so I think those are some of the things that really just finding little joys. Um, I love naps. So for me, that's a joyful thing and it's a necessary thing for me to take a break, but find your little joys. Well, thank you both very much for sharing that. And thank you very much for sharing your time and your energy with this cause and with us. Tim and I both appreciate it very much. Our listeners appreciate it very much. Having conversations like this breaks down the stigma, breaks down barriers, and it brings us a little closer together. Missy, 
Dan, thank you very much for being here tonight. I appreciate it so much. Tim appreciates it. Um, don't forget Sunday, this coming Sunday, nine o'clock. Be there. And Saratoga Spa State Park, out of the darkness, walk for Rita for 2023, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Tim will be back next week, and we'll be back with another episode. So until next week, get well, be safe, stay above. If you've lost someone to suicide, you may feel overwhelmed by grief, confusion, or even anger, but you are not alone. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention offers support in the weeks and months following a suicide. The Healing Conversations program gives those who have lost someone to suicide the opportunity to talk with a caring volunteer. Having experienced suicide loss themselves, our volunteers know firsthand the emotions associated with this type of loss. They can offer comfort and guidance, as well as community resources that may be useful on the path ahead. Healing Conversations are available in person, on the phone, or by video chat. To learn more about the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and how to schedule your own healing conversation, please visit AFSP.org forward slash healing conversations. Thank you for giving us a listen. New episodes every Wednesday. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can share, rate, review, and even subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Other ways to support the show? Follow us on social media. Share the content. Share our episodes. You can also buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash above ground pod. For further concerns, show ideas, or just to say hi, you can email us at abovegroundpodcast at gmail. Once again, thank you for listening and supporting mental health. Keep the conversation going and stay above.